Hello. Hey. I'm Alex. And I'm Val. And we have the difficult job of talking about Sopranos, Season 5, Episode 12, Long-Term Parking. This was an episode I was kind of dreading watching yeah. and dreading talking about I feel like you've talking been talking about, about this and dreading it since Season 1, Episode 1. I think so. It's hard. Yeah. It's a really hard episode to watch. It really is. Even when you know it's coming, it's still so terrible. It never gets better. I think I've seen it like six times now. Yeah. Because last it last better? time last time we watched, remember last time we watched the show, um, I watched it one twice in a row. That's right. I watched it and then I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's normal behavior, right? That is. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a super normal thing to do. No, I've I watched. So maybe I've watched it actually even more times than that. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. You did do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it never gets easier. So now we have to talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about it. Where should we start? It's right. hard to know where to start. Well, okay, something that I find very interesting about this coming out of Test Dream, having just talked about Test Dream, is that coming out of an episode that's one of the least linear mm. and one of the most surreal in its presentation of the plot moving forward, they move into an episode that I think is one of the most plot-heavy. Not even, not even really character-based as much as just plot development based mm -hmm. kind of like the narrative is really focused on these events happening and, mm -hmm. and things happening to people so there's definitely although we do have a number of flashbacks in this episode we have phil leotardo sitting right. with some cigarettes it's a lot um, more than we reliving had. the murder of, of billy which is interesting and because that's actually the tony. only time that we get to see it i know and then we have tony having some Nice reflections on him and Tony Some B's time up at Uncle Pat's farm. Beautiful long-haired reflections. Yeah, their hair was just, just walking. long and <laughs> in the wind. Um, so, there you go. Yeah. And uh, actually, another one. Actually, actually, another one. We have Adriana's retelling of what happened at the club with Matouche. That's right. Hmm. Interesting. So, so there you go. There's quite a bit happening. So I would say it's not that linear, but it certainly is plot. Well, no, it is. I think. I mean, even if people are kind of reflecting back, I mean, that's still different than the surrealism that happens in dreams and the way that it's presented. Yes, I know what you're saying. And I just think that in this episode, there's so much symbolism and kind of abstract themes that are presented through the subconscious in the last episode that this episode is really based much more in standard tv writing where things happen and there's a reaction and there are implications and plot points happen in more traditional ways you're correct thanks <laughs> there's also other flashbacks that we see on the crazy horse video camera that's right yeah just saying <laughs> i still stand by my point i hear your point <laughs> So, okay, what well, do you want to talk about? There's multiple things that I think happen in this episode. One, Tony and Carmela get back together, formally. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's definitely a major plot point of the episode. I don't know which business meeting is worse. The one where Tony and Chris and Syl go to meet with Johnny Sack and Jimmy and Phil Leotardo. Mm -hmm. Or 
and like they negotiate in that setting about killing Tony Blundetto or the negotiations that happen over Tony and Carmela's dinner together. Um, which also seemed a little bit like a tense mob business meeting right. to me. Yeah. I mean, the relationship between Tony and Carmela at this point is just so transactional. It's pretty hard for me to stomach. Mm-hmm. As AJ says, this is fucking weird. Yeah, we said the same thing before AJ said it. I mean, it it really is. And there's something to it, too, where it's, we get insight into the characters because... Everybody's just acting out of self-interest. Everybody's getting something out of this. And it's pretty gross. Like, as Tony and Carmel have this theoretical get-back-together conversation, talking about if we theoretically were living in the same place again, the conversation is pretty representative of how Tony hasn't matured at all. I mean, he hasn't changed. He's saying, you know, we're all human. (laughs) Basically implying that he's just going to continue cheating. He hasn't learned anything from this. Very quickly, that moves into, it'll never happen again, but how could we possibly believe him? Mm-hmm. He's just lied so much, and the fact that he can change from saying, we're all human, and just yeah. basically throwing out that he's going to keep on doing it, to saying, oh, it won't happen again. Why would you ever accept that? Yeah, it's funny, because we kind of have, like, again, coming out of Test Stream, we kind of have this, like, false, like, Tony coming across, like... He's like, I had a dream. I moved back in. Mm-hmm. I realized what I did was wrong, mm-hmm. or what I was doing was wrong, right? So it's I don't kind think of he that. Knows what it was. No, I don't think so. Well, I think he does, but like, it's kind of like but he doesn't that accept responsibility Ebenezer, for it. Ebenezer Scrooge type of right. thing that he like says, but but we, I think he's manipulating. He like well, of he knows he what is. to say to get yeah. what he wants, and that's what we see. Well, all we over see the that place throughout this episode, this episode yeah. Um, but just to keep with Carmela and Tony. <laughs> Um, I like that Carmela mentioned like that she has a knot every time the phone rings, hmm. right? Like thinking it's gonna be like when Irina calls or right. or whoever. But we know like phones are such a symbol in this show, and they're used so much. Like yeah. I'm trying to think of other shows where like telephone calls are used, yeah, so effectively, yeah, or so much even, yeah. Um, and so we know that that's like, you know, I don't know if I would call it symbolic. Um, but it definitely like makes a statement about communication and, and the ways in which communication can be like, there's a word that I want to use and I can't quite think of it, but like that there's the like communication isn't happening face to face, that there's this kind of, um, gap. There's, there's a good word and I can't think of it, mm. but hmm. I don't know this. Word. I know, I know it'll come <laughs> to me later. Um, but I like that she mentioned that. Um, that was in the when he comes to the house earlier in the episode. Right. I think also, like, what Carmela's getting out of this, we also get a window into who she is as a character. And there's an extension of behavior that she's shown before of getting material yeah. things out of the relationship. So she brings up this $600,000 lot. And in the end, the last thing that Tony says is, my midlife crisis problems will no longer intrude on your life anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the transaction that Carmela accepts, mm-hmm. which is such bullshit. I mean, obviously, he's basically, he might as well state, I'm going to keep on cheating. Well, like, basically, he's saying, like, they're not going to call the house anymore. That's kind of what, like, it won't intrude on her life anymore. Right, but it's still you know? going to happen. Yeah. And um, that's acceptable. So she's getting something, and there is this yeah. transactionalism. I like how his, like, he thought that she was saying she wanted another kid. Right. She didn't. As a that. bargaining tool. <laughs> that was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
um, we see then, like, in their relationship, right, we see Tony coming back home, right? We see him, like, with his black, right. all his black bags. He, like, is in this big, empty, dark kind of house, and it seems like no one's there, and he slumps them in the doorway, and he brings Carmela a Hermes scarf, as he puts it. Um, Are those expensive? Yeah, I think those so. Are cheap, right? I think they're expensive. <laughs> Um, and then we, they proceed to have this dinner, and that's when AJ says, this is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And they drink some champagne. Um, Abe starts to gulp it. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like back. And then we have Carmela like, looking at Tony sitting on the couch later, and he's eating either, I don't know, leftover pasta or maybe it's ice cream. I can't really tell what it is. Yeah, I thought it was pasta, but it's. I guess they've already ate, so there is like a gluttony aspect yeah, or whatever like, it and is. And she just kind of, like, I don't know, the read that I get on her is kind of like, what have I done? Right. Um, well, it's interesting, too, because Tony was just tr- imparting this information of savor it, and yet now he's just kind of like constantly consuming mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. So we're already at a point where, I mean, as we know, he doesn't really listen to the good advice that he tries to give anyone yeah we have tony trying to help carmella with her wrist weakness Mm. her wrist weakness Mm. wait what does he do (laughs) well she says that she'll iron his clothes tomorrow Mm. she said her wrist is getting weak right and then she says he can help her with that right how's he gonna help her i'm not gonna go that much into detail on it if you can't figure (laughs) it out (laughs) oh i get it (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. Well. Wow. I just did. I just explain a part of Sopranos to you didn't know. that you didn't know. No, it's good. Cool. Um, that was the missing part. Yeah, that it was all it. All holds the key. together now. Um. And then we don't really have too much of Carmela. Like the rest of the episode after that scene in the closet where they're helping with their wrist weakness. Um. I guess. Um. Until the end when they're at the spec house. Yeah. I, I mean, don't think. Well, I'm... I mean, <laughs> the episode kind of gets taken over by the other plot it line. sure does. That becomes pretty yeah. major. Um, and Tony is obviously drawn in a lot of different directions in this episode. Yeah. And yet, it kind of seems where he's the most in his element. Like, I feel like he kind of comes into his own in this in this mm. episode. This is where he kind of thrives. I mean, he's being drawn in... Intense ways with his relationship, moving back with Carmela. With New York, things are at their absolute climax. Things couldn't really be any worse. He needs to find his cousin. And there's obviously, even though we don't see him interacting with Christopher, there's him dealing with the fallout of an FBI informant basically infiltrating... We do see him interact with Chris. Well, we don't see. No, him. not we, in, we not don't before. See Christopher and that's why we have yeah, like, yeah, the ambiguity yeah, yeah. around the phone call that he makes. Yeah. No, I think we see Tony and his element kind of like again linking back to Test Stream that you know he's always been really good at manipulating people and having people wrapped around his fingers and telling them what they want to hear. Well, and it is interesting that he accepted that in Test Stream. I think yeah. that in some ways, like we're looking at a new Tony at yeah. this point. Well, again, like it's interesting to think about this, like his actions in this episode happening right after that dream say right because they do and he you know again kind of like that i mentioned at the beginning like he kind of has that like ebenezer scrooge moment where he's like i realized what i did was wrong yeah um it's interesting to see how he takes the rest of that and kind of goes with it here yeah. so you know he kind of like embraces these things that he uncovered about himself yeah in the dream 
and you know, doesn't really, I mean, like, I guess takes responsibility for what he needs to do with Tony Blundetto, but in the end, like, changes his mind. It doesn't, you know, like, yeah. doesn't tell Johnny Sack where he is. Yeah. I mean, for good reason. I wouldn't want Phil Leotardo to no. kill anybody that I hated, no. even. No. Let alone no. my cousin. It's not good. He's a crazy man. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, so the I mean I guess like the other we we'll get to the big one maybe last, but like but the, so yeah. the other storyline that we we do have like so we have Tony getting back together with Carmela, mm-hmm. and then we have Tony, you know, kind of pursuing or f- trying to figure out what to do about Tony Blundetto. Yeah, right. So we have you know like you know the phone rings early in the episode, and he's like, "Is that you?" Um, they have a meeting with the New York guys, like I said, like, again, this, like, negotiating meetings. Um, And we have Phil being crazy, like, saying, anybody ever die in your arms, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have him, like, I think, like, the, there's so many really manipulative scenes in this episode, but we have, like, he finally does, um, well, after he gets that call from from Tony B, he says he wants to have his phones mm-hmm. traced or his set phone calls set, set his traps or yeah. whatever. I don't know what he's really doing. Sounds like kind of sketchy for him to do that. Like who's collect, who's trapping these phones? They have a contact at the phone company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, but we, so we have him like say he's going to tap these phones. Then when he finally does connect with Tony B, he kind of says, I mean, it's it's like that's such an interesting phone call, right? Like he kind of does say all the right things. Like he was going to say, like, I'll take care of your boys for you, mm-hmm. right? And then Tony Blundetto is like, well, I was just about to ask that. Yeah. And he's like, well, what else can I do for you? Like he mm-hmm. kind of then turns it on him, right? Right. Um, but then the key here being that I think like then he tells Tony Blundetto about 17 years ago. And that it's even. Think of themselves. And he as thinks even. of it as even. <laughs> and I think Tony Blundetto would have gotten off the phone and thought that he was going to be fine mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. And and then we see Tony right away call the phone company and, and yeah. trace the call. Which for me, yeah, is, is really showing Tony at his most Machiavellian. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's, the fact that he's using that guilt now as a weapon, mm-hmm. he's learned to weaponize this thing that was tearing him up to achieve something that will benefit mm-hmm. him is in some ways kind of maybe something new. Like that's like a new low for him. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe like a new high, I guess, in terms of like his leadership of the mob abilities, because it is effective. I mean, it seems to all be falling into place and that's kind of what i was saying like even though everything is kind of falling out of control at this point he kind of is acting in a way that is pretty astute as a leader even though it's really messed up and manipulative yeah um he doesn't seem to be really able to manipulate johnny sack no and he never really has been able to no all that much um that phone call that he gets from jimmy Mm mm-hmm I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, always, those phone calls are the ones that trip me up the most. I'm like, that... That one like, is particularly confusing. I should, have, I should have gone back and put the captions on for that one. Because I was His like... His son's in a tennis what? match, I think. But he's out. One of them's out. 
<laughs> it was a lot. It's tough, yeah. It was a lot. Um, just basically, like, they could have been, like, Johnny's boss now. <laughs> <laughs> but they can't. Think about how valuable that information is. No, I know. Be. Yeah. Tennis player. Yeah, one. that was that was an especially <laughs> weird one. But yeah. I never know what they're talking about when they have those phone calls. There's also the example. I mean, Tony also is kind of weaponizing feelings and emotions when he actually calls Adriana. So I mean, well, the fact let's, that, why are we getting there already? We haven't gotten just, to that yet. No, I don't want to talk about Adriana other than just like another example of Tony weaponizing these kinds of feelings that other people are feeling, reading other people, and concocting a story that basically plays off of that. Yeah, it's super convincing. Yeah. No, it's super convincing. But that's, I guess, like that skill that he has developed, that thing that he talks to Coach Molinaro about in Test Stream mm -hmm. in some ways. Or maybe that's what Coach Molinaro recognized in him or, or something. Or He's just become this kind of depraved person. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't even really see it in his face that he's feeling bad about it or anything like that. He, and same with Syl. No, and that, yeah, and you that's know? the thing, like, he's so torn up about Tony Blundetto in this episode and, and this season, but when it comes to Adriana, he just, it just seems to happen so immediately. Yeah. They have that scene, so I guess we'll get into talking about yeah. Adriana, because... Well, is there not? anything else with Tony Blundetto? I don't know. I mean, hmm. The thing is, is that Tony Blundetto is so distant. I mean... You know, I, what I do feel is like the last scene of Test Dream, Christopher walking into the hotel room and Christopher being around now. Christopher being in the room with Syl and Tony near the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. Chris has kind of replaced Tony Blundetto immediately mm -hmm. as the cousin who's close to power. Mm -hmm. So for the whole season, Christopher has been having feelings of feeling replaced by Tony Blundetto because largely he has. But as soon as Tony Blundetto fucks up, Christopher kind of takes that place very quickly. So Yeah, well we have we have him being like so upset though about that, right? Cuz like, you know, even though he's back in the fold with Tony, um Tony's like making him partner with um Polly on the cigarette deals or whatever. Yeah. He's like and he says that basically. He's like he like has to think so hard about what to do with Tony Blundetto, but he never has to think about what he's going to do to me. Yeah. Um, and he's like, fuck this piece of shit. I'm done. He's drinking vodka. And he's like, Tony, my cousin Tony, the guy I'm going to hell for. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty strong statement. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, and also, like, it is picking up on... It's interesting because things aren't sequential at this point of the season. Like, last episode of Test Room, we kind of diverted from some of the things that were happening in Cold Cuts. But we had Christopher leaving Pat's farm crying mm -hmm. because of the way that Tony Blundetto and Tony Soprano were dealing with him. Now we kind of skip an episode and now Christopher's really worked up about it and then things kind of play off of that. So things don't happen in a sequential order in the episode in yeah. terms of episode to episode. But those things have played into Christopher's feelings and how everything is kind of transpiring right now. In fact, even that in an indirect way is playing into the fact that the FBI thinks that they can leverage Christopher against the mob mm -hmm. because of where he currently stands against mm -hmm. the, the senior management. Yeah. Also, I think in a previous episode, I called Pat, Uncle Pat, Mark Margulis, and it's just not. That's just not who it is. It's just another person. I think I just messed up. So sorry, everyone. I messed up. I saw the credits and 
That's what happens when you get too ambitious with naming people. <laughs> Val's staring at me. She just doesn't care about that kind of stuff. I deserved it. <laughs> she thinks I deserved it for talking about who people are. Sopranos trivia is not what we're here for. No. You can go other places for Sopranos trivia. There's lots of podcasts who will give you Sopranos trivia. Feel free to listen. <laughs> um, okay, what's next? I guess we have to talk about Chris and Adriana. Okay, let's talk about them. Michael Imperioli plays Christopher. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so Michael Imperioli, well, I guess, like, just to kind of start start it off, right, like, we know that Adriana's not feeling well again, mm-hmm. right, like, that this is flared up for her, um, and she and Tony have this moment of connection, right, so we saw in Irregular Around the Margins, yeah. Irregular Around the Margins, mm-hmm. um, that she and Tony connected over this, like, they both had something wrong with them, Yeah. and so I think, like, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say like the connection between Tony and Adriana is super deep or anything like that, but we have been shown in past episodes, the connections between those two characters. And so I think that's important that she's then not feeling well again. And Tony kind of has his illness Mm -hmm. under control, right? Like he is in control now. I mean, like there's lots going on, but like he's back in control of the things going on. Adriana is really losing control. Yeah. Um, she's wearing this tiger suit, which I think, I don't know, kind of like going to some of like the animal imagery Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, that there is this aspect of, I don't know, like innocence and, um, naivety in some ways, right? Like we sometimes see animals being used Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, and, you know, Tony leaves and tells her to feel better. Um, and then when Chris, like the scene we were talking about where like he's, Chris is so upset about this cigarette deal and he's like, you know, Tony, the guy I'm going to hell for, um, you know, we see her kind of getting this, getting this idea again that maybe this is a good time right, to get out. And then of course she gets pulled in by the FBI yeah. over the crazy horse camera footage. Um, and then we hear this story of the death of the mm-hmm. crazy horse. Um, we see Chris then like being upset, you know, like Mm -hmm. not knowing where she is, um, calling her, going to her machine and stuff like that. Um, once she does get home, of course, that is maybe one of, well, I mean, there's all bad scenes in this episode between the two of them, but when she does get home and she's wearing a robe and she sits down on the couch to tell him what it is that's going on. And he thinks it's a guy, you know. Yeah. And she's like, I have to get through this. And he and she tells him what's been going on. Yeah. And his face, I mean, like Michael Imperioli, his acting in that scene is insane. Yeah. Is really insane. And you kind of think like because we because we've seen him in this episode and in past, you know, like he always kind of has this tenuous relationship, right? Like he kind of always thinks that he's owed more than yeah he gets. Um, and we, but we kind of think he might kind of crack or break like in the, in those scenes, we don't, we can't really read his face. And then it's when he gets up and punches her and then is choking her Yeah. that it's, I mean, that's one of the harder to watch. Uh, it's also, I mean, there's been domestic violence between those two before, but that's more extreme than we've ever seen. I well, mean, especially the, by the point it goes to the choking and so, I mean, that was a long time yeah. to choke someone for. 
Um, and it's like when he, and then he's like, I fucking loved you. Yeah. And then he's like, when he's crying, he's like, what are we going to do? That's like, yeah. Yeah. The, like, that's such a, and Adriana's then comforting him. Yeah. Who? It's really a lot. Yeah. It's really a lot. Yeah. No, that scene where Adriana's then consoling Chris, like the fact that she can't stay away from him and is drawn to him in that yeah. way, it does reveal something about their relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, that's, it's really, really, it's really, really hard. And, you know, just to flash forward a little bit, right? Like, we we have that little, um, it's like a tiny, like, daydream sequence, really, where Adriana's in a car alone. Yeah. Going. Towards Baltimore, going Washington. towards Baltimore, somewhere on the 95 South, and yeah. has her suitcase with her. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if we ever really have a possibility of Adriana doing that. Like, I don't know if she ever would have left without Chris. Right. And she probably should have. I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know where it would have ended up for her. But, well, better than yeah. what happened, probably. Yeah. So, anyway, so even, so after that scene, even, right, like, we, you know, he's like, the, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The next time we see Chris and Adriana, it seems to be like the next morning. Mm-hmm. They haven't slept. Yeah. It's kind of vague. But, you know, he's saying, like, he could write his memoirs. They could have a fireplace. Yeah. Um, he's going to go out and get cigarettes. And the last thing he says to her is, I love you, baby. And she says, I love you. And he le- he leaves. Um which, like, again, like, knowing what's going to happen this episode is also really, really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but you still kind of think, even when you're watching it for the millionth time, like, you're still kind of like, does he know now what he's going to do? Right. Um, and I don't think he does. I don't we think see, he does. We see him at the gas station, right? I think he's confused, yeah. And I think that we can see it on Adriana's face as he's leaving. She's worried about him leaving because as soon as she's not present with him i think she recognizes that there's greater risk that Mm -hmm. this cannot go the way she wants Mm -hmm. it he's kind of like stroking his car which he loves so much right he's at the gas station Mm -hmm. he's kind of like petting his car and i'd forgotten about him seeing this family this mullet family um coming out of the gas station and you were saying like it's something that a lot of sopranos fans really don't like i kind of forgot about it i don't know i felt like I don't know. I don't know what he was kind of thinking about that scene. Like, was he seeing him and Adriana as being like that? I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't really see that. Yeah, no, I think it's, like, it's very simplistic, actually. I really? think it's that Yeah, it's that he saw, he didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Who he saw as, like, a loser with these yeah. kids. And that's not the life that he wanted. It's very, like, last scene of Goodfellas. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, but I wonder if it's that or if it's just, like... Or if it was something more about family, like like betraying his family. Maybe. Because um, I, I do feel like it's kind of too simplistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, that's an interesting I, I just take. don't see it. Like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, that's an interesting take. It just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't sit, it doesn't yeah. sit well with I mean, me just as like, often... oh, those people are losers. Because like, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I, I don't track. Mm-hmm. how he kind of like gets from point A to point B on that. Well, and I think that's the criticism that I've heard is that it's just, it's too quick of a character change for something yeah. that significant for him to just see a guy with the mullet and 
his wife and kids driving and at a gas station and that would be the thing that seals the deal for Adriana and makes him have this pivotal realization yeah. and change the course of everything. Yeah. But that's interesting to take on family. I don't I like know. That. I'm just like trying to make a case mm -hmm. for it maybe. Yeah. Um, but then we see Aid packing. It's almost one o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of her deadline, right? And the phone rings and that's that call from Tony mm -hmm. where he's like, I don't know how, like, how quickly he would have come up with that story. Like, he's pretty good at it. He, it's so, I mean, it's just so wild. Um, even just, like, down to little details and, like, the way he says it. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you can hear emotion in his voice. Yeah. Um, he provides, like, yeah, he provides, like, little details about it. Like, his mom's on his way right now, on her yeah. way right now, but, like. It's just like really thought out and convincing. Um, and then right after that, we see her, like I said, that little daydream sequence um, in the car. We do see like, it's interesting, like she does still have like the bruises on her in mm -hmm. that daydream sequence. So we yeah. think it's kind of real, right? Like, yeah. like oh, she's driving. Yeah. Um, but then we see she's actually in the car with Syl. Um, we see a lot of imagery of trees as we're driving by. Yeah, we'll talk kind about of that reminiscent after. of Pine Barrens. Yeah. And the trees that we um, saw there. And then Which also, like, we, we've just had so much symbolism of wind through trees, trees yeah. being associated to death in the afterlife. It definitely feels like they're being driven to a realm yeah. of of kind of the eternal and the afterlife, kind of like Pine Barrens acted for mm -hmm. um, Polly and Christopher. Mm -hmm. um, Still's also so convincing, right? Like, he's like, he's a strong kid. Yeah. Like, why are you crying? He's going to be fine. Well, that's an interesting line. I actually wrote that one down yeah. because she's not, at that point, I think she recognizes what's happening. Yeah, I don't know down. when she knows still, even upon watching it's it. It's ambiguous and yeah. you could never pinpoint it, but that line, why are you crying? He's going to be fine. Well, everything is always about him or the people in the yeah. family. Nothing. She's always kind of like a second-class citizen yeah. in their eyes and the way that everything unfolds in The Sopranos. So at that point, I think she isn't crying for him and him going to be fine. I think she's crying for herself. Mm. And Syl doesn't give that any credence. Right. That's what I think. Right. Yeah. Um, There's also, like... His I smile. He has this, like, creepy smile by the, almost the end of it. Like, and I don't like that. Because I, I like to like Syl. I it's harder have that, after that moment. I know. Um, yeah. It's a lot harder after that moment. But mm. especially because he calls her a cunt. It's not good. Um for me, that's, well, I guess, like, then he shoots her, but... Yeah, um, that's probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worse than that, but there's something about that where he, like, again, he is, like, kind of jovial and convincing, and then he does that. I don't know. There, there's really, there's something about him there. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, we don't see the death. Like, it is soft screen. We hear it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she's crawling away through these leaves. Mm -hmm. Um yeah and it's all i mean like yeah i don't know and then so we like you know you know still we don't know like at this point if you haven't seen it before you don't know like well did chris go and tell tony mm -hmm. or did they find out some other way yeah right like everything's how, left how very ambiguous chris which the show revels in yeah. but it's, it's really something because you don't have all the details yeah. and yet you do you do. It's all there. Yeah. They just don't spoon feed you everything. Yeah. Everything is implied. Yeah. But then we do, we see Chris packing up Adriana's stuff, right? And throwing it in that marsh yeah. of some sort um, and taking her car to long-term parking. Yeah. And long-term parking, I don't know, like, again, like, we talked about it in Test Stream. Mm -hmm. I think, like, 
long-term parking is also this like kind of afterlife mm-hmm. kind of symbol too, right? Like that's where you are then well, for eternity. That's also something interestingly that was referenced in Test Stream as he arrives at the park no, plaza, shorter talk- long-term parking. That's what I'm parking. saying. We, yeah. we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and then also, like, the cut right after the murder happens to basically the identical environment where Tony and Carmela are walking through the leaves in the trees. What, in to what, the, what, the last scene, you mean? Yeah, in what could be exactly the same place. It could have been yeah. filmed in exactly the same And we do see, we see spot. trees, we see wind, we see yeah. leaves. But for me, it's like their relationship and that $600,000 lot is paid for by... The murdering of Adriana. Mm-hmm. Like, there are implications to this lifestyle they have. It's not innocent. There is blood on kind of everybody's hands. Yep. And I think as the show goes on, we realize more and more that it's not just all fun and games. Like, there is a cost, a moral cost, a blood cost. Like, every there are people who pay for the life of leisure that, you know, some people have on the top yeah. of this organization. Um. Yeah, we also see like we also see that Chris is getting high again, right? So yeah. then there's this other collateral, right? Like he snorted H and is watching some kind of Chevy Chase sombrero <laughs> is movie. Is that the three amigos? I don't know. <laughs> and that's not my forte. I'm nervous now because I think I screwed one up. So, um, and then Tony, <laughs> right? Like you know, Tony slaps and and kicks him. Yeah. For doing that, which is also pretty violent um it is interesting like you know like the you know chris was really preserving himself right like he he could never like he wouldn't have survived if he had been perceived to have anything to do with what adriana was up to Mm -hmm. right or like that he should have known that something was going on or whatever so um it's kind of shocking in some ways that he gets out with just that yeah um yeah yeah no totally for me it's also yeah the other thing is like tony's ease of 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 hitting adriana putting out a hit on adriana like he seems to be wrestling with so many things in this episode and that doesn't seem to be one of them in fact we don't even get the luxury of seeing him even think about it no like it just happens and he's so confident in the way that he talks to adriana and presenting the lie it just it does for me like the woman in the show are kind of from all the the main characters from the ensemble they just they don't have the same level of respect and importance and i think that it's easier for them to do this than mm-hmm. tony bondetto even when tony bondetto is endangered all of their mm-hmm. lives there is just this kind of like class system that exists mm-hmm. amongst all these people i guess adriana has endangered them too yeah but then for two people who have endangered them all look at the difference in yeah. The calculation, the calculus of well, really, dealing with like, it. Really, like, you think in this episode, like, you think that in this episode, Tony is going to kill Tony Blundetto. That's yeah. what you think is going to happen mm-hmm. in this episode, right? Because yeah. it's like everything's kind of and pointing even that's you in that ambiguous. direction. Like, even though he is kind of tracking him down, he's still, you know, we, we hear him, you know, when he says to Tony Blundetto, let's call it even, it's confusing. It is sending out mixed messages. We don't really know what's going to happen as we watch it. Yeah. I guess the thing, like, for me with Christopher is, like, he said earlier in the episode, like, my cousin Tony, the guy I'm going to hell for. Um, Like, now he is definitely going to hell for Tony because he, he, you know, 
he he killed Adriana. He's he made didn't a deal do with it. The devil. He yeah, sure has. So to speak, yeah. The other thing. And that... we see more deal with the devil kind of imagery next season. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm. <laughs> the only other thing I was thinking is just the we haven't really talked about the FBI at all. Right. And we have this transactional arrangement between Tony and Carmela that is really kind of showcased near the beginning of the episode. But there's also this transactional arrangement between the FBI and Adriana. Like, it really feels like they are maneuvering and making calculations and being Machiavellian in the way that they approach everything, too. Even manipulating Christopher's screenwriting, making a call out to mm-hmm. this guy. Like, there's something there where it's very impersonal, mm-hmm. and it's hard to sympathize with them also and to feel not to feel that they are responsible in some way for part of this. That they could have done a better job to protect Adriana, and if they weren't so concerned with the end goals and, and weaponizing Adriana against everybody, that her life could have been protected. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Just a couple other things that I have. Um, we have those black Boy Scouts who come across the body yeah. of Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert. <laughs> um, which is a pretty funny scene. And I guess Matouche didn't do a great job of disposing the body. No. I, oh, and I, lo- oh, I also do, like, speaking of Matouche, I think that when Adrian is talking to the FBI about Matouche and... Um, talking about like, oh yeah, he sends all his money back home to his family (laughs) and like his brother has a prep school for boys. Like I'm like, good thing the FBI is now (laughs) (laughs) track where this guy's money is (laughs) going. His drug money. Uh, And then we have Valentina, just a short scene with Valentina. And this might be the last time we see her. It's not going great for her. Do you think, I don't think we see her again. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and Tony, you know, she's this, you know, had this burn injury and Tony comes and breaks up with her. Yeah. And she says the same thing kind of as Gloria. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah. And Tony just doesn't really care. He doesn't care. He, he takes, takes a call. phone call. Yeah. So. It's Great guy. Special. He's amazing. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. I, do, I feel like he's worse now than he's ever been. Oh, yeah. I feel like. We say that. We say a, that a lot, though. No, but there is this kind of constant evolution of Tony as a character but around this time as we get into the end of the series I think that he evolves into a worse form of himself than we mm-hmm. ever even really acknowledged mm-hmm. as we watch it in the beginning. You kind of hope that he's a good person because there are these redeeming qualities but they're coming becoming fewer and farther between. Yeah well we yeah when we have characters asking like are you all right so like especially at the end of the episode like we have Tony coming in to where Chris is in the back room of the Bing watching mm-hmm. the Chevy Chase sombrero movie. movie. <laughs> and um, It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. And Tony's like, are you all right? Which is such a crazy question. Like, yeah. why would you even ask that question? I'm going to imagine no. Yeah, like not probably right. not. But then we have at the end of the episode, that's actually like, I think, one of Carmela's last lines to Tony is she asks him if, mm-hmm. if he's all right. Interesting. Too, and so we see like these characters are not all right. No, nobody's all right. Nothing's all right. Nothing is. Nothing all right. is good. Everything is bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's hard to talk about this episode. It again, it's really plot driven. But mm-hmm. um, it's also so out of nowhere. I mean, what happens with Adriana? We never would have expected it, even yeah. in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. So you know, let alone. 
the season on the whole. It really does kind of come out of nowhere. And one thing is that as we watched season five, it's amazing how little screen time mm-hmm. Adrian actually has. Mm-hmm. So it's quite ambitious that they pull this off. Yep. Because they're not really developing it. It really does kind of come out of nowhere. Yep, totally. It's a very powerful episode. Yeah. Very powerful end to the season. It's really a a sequence of pretty incredible episodes. For very different reasons. Totally. So, yeah. What's going to happen next episode? What's going to happen? We have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Watch it. Watch it. And then listen to our podcast. And then... Let us know what you think. It'll be fun. Email us. We like to talk to our Sopranos friends. Okay. Well, that's it. Okay.